Wake up, wake up, wake up, and stay woke. Because this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hog, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South. This is the place where sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw. So come get you a spoonful, like some grits with butter and salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Come on, let's go, go, go. What's up? What's up? What is up? You know what it is. It's the Ball Hawk Sports Talk with your boy B Brown ESQ, aka the Ball Hawk, aka the Mouth of South, aka Mr. Exception Celebration. Here for another week of the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. This week's episode is gonna be fun, y'all. We're gonna have an instant classic. I promise you, if you did not wake up and drink your coffee, uh, you might want to do it now because we're about to hop in. And we're gonna hop in uh with this topic: live your truth. And like we do every week, we keep it rough, rugged, and raw. Like we do every week, this is the intersection of sports, business, and entertainment. Uh, For all of you who have never been with us before, uh, know that I'm going to say this a few times. I'll start off by asking humbly, please like, please comment, please share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know. And if you're listening in podcast world, podcast universe, we ask that you subscribe and tell other friends to subscribe too. And with no further ado, let's hop in, y'all. Fasten your seatbelt. Here comes the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. Our first segment uh, is three and a possible. And it's sort of like an average or below average spades hand. We got our girl Meredith Benson back for another week of, uh, you know, giving us an, some some insight, imparting some wisdom on us. And we got Big Flow. Uh, who used to be from the Big Flow Show. I'm claiming him now. Big Flow from the Big Flow Show. I'm going to bring my my, my welcome with me. And the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. What's up, Big Flow? What's What's up, Meredith? How y'all doing? I'll start off at the outset. Feeling good. uh, Feeling good. Feeling good. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning. Good morning. I'll start off at the outset just wishing our girl, Miss Majestic Maya, speedy recovery uh, as well. She is is recovering from uh, pretty invasive surgery, so we're going to wish her well uh and and then hop on in because live your truth i posted a picture this morning of the truth i put location truth hurts it was paul pierce in a wheelchair being carted off and i don't know where else to start in three and a possible like a pretty average spades hand this segment how do we start anywhere else but with the truth, Paul Pierce. Paul did what I would call pretty self-inflicting wound. He 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 basically had a self-inflicted wound because he hit live button. Ain't nobody forced him to hit live. And in that live, it was a whole bunch of stuff going on. I want to call it the syntax video because you know they got the syntaxes for drinking, smoking, uh, you know, strip clubs. Uh, he did all of it right there in one and, and put it on full display and he hit the live button, very self-inflicted. What do y'all think about Paul Pierce? I Mr. think Mr. Bubble truth, Guts himself, Mr. Bubble, Bubble Guts himself. I, I, I had to say why. 
That's all I can say is why. I mean, you're a grown man. Grown man can do what a grown man wants to do. No laws are being broken that I can see on the video. But why? Who, who are you trying to impress? Huh? Everybody knows you got money. Oh, unnecessary. Everybody knows if you would want to play poker with your friends, you could have certain uh, workers dancing in the background and back massage. Are you impressed? Who are you trying to impress? So some people, you know, I've heard say, why does he care? Because he's rich. I mean, rich people work every day. Michael Jordan works every day. Bill Gates does stuff every day. So, I mean, you cost yourself money. Now, he might land on his feet. It's looking like, you know, some people want to give him an opportunity or whatever. But right. that's still there's just still no, nothing necessary about throwing away a job. Right? Quit if you don't want to work there. But don't do nothing stupid. Uh, I agree. Stupidity is on full display in that video. He is 43 years old. And I'm going to go out here on the limb and say at 43, after playing a very long and productive NBA career, this ain't the first time he's gotten a massage. I'm going to go out on a limb and say at 43 years old, uh, after the NBA career that I just described, this ain't the first time he's had exotic dancers around him. I'm going to say this ain't the first time he's played poker. I'll even say this might not be the first time he's indulged in cannabis. Uh, I, I, cannabis is a politically correct way to say reefer. That's Reefers. what we say in Florida. Reefers. Reefers. Smoking a reefers. Weed. <laughs> Sound mad old. <laughs> reefers. He got the reefers. But we are mad old. He's 43, man. Like, <laughs> why would you put that on live? I'm, but a man. It, I'm, I'm not telling you not to do it, but why put it on live? Meredith, I don't know if you had a feeling one way or another about the truth. The, and you spell the truth in Florida. T-R-U-U-F. The truth. The truth. Uh, did not set himself free. He set himself absolutely free and got fired. What do you think about the video? I just kind of think it was intentional. You know, I mean, at this point in your life, like you said, like, why would you do that? Why would you um, go on live? You did not have to press the play button. So for this to be so egregious and for you to do it in this manner just seems like it was intentional. And then if you saw his Instagram video after, he was like, you know, I'm good. I'm still be good. You know, so he just like shaking it off, you know. So I just really think it was intentional. Maybe stupid, so. but intentional. Very, very stupid and and potentially uh, intentional. I, I don't know. I, I just like to think that people don't do things that stupid intentionally. I think that was his reaction. Like, he you was know smoking reefers. You smoking reefers. <laughs> <laughs> he was high. That was, that was definitely high. some high decisions <laughs> that he made. Uh, but it's just as, as a black man, like and, and Big Flo, you said it. Because people are defending a lot. Man, he rich. It don't matter. But, man, as a black man, not that he has to wear the burdens of all black men, but I just think that you're right. There are other ways. If you want to part ways with ESPN, part ways. Quit. Because, you know, <laughs> quit, right? I'm somebody that's trying to break into broadcasting. All of us are trying to break into some form of this show is an example of us trying to break into uh, a, a journalistic broadcasting opportunities. So it just looks bad. Like It's just a black eye for a brother like Man, just just send them your two week notice and get on out of there. Don't let uh, the decision makers who have already found every excuse known to mankind not to hire a black man have yet another reason not to hire a black man because that's how we go out. We gonna put it on live that and they weren't even really three hundred people. Three hundred people. Well, in pay per view, he could at least got some bread for that. And the scripples. That's how <laughs> that's how we say it in Florida. Scripples. S K R I P P A. Scripples. The script was wasn't even that good. Ah, don't even go there. We won't go there. We're gonna avoid that part. They was B listers though. They were B. You know, I, and, and I, I mean, it was look. the end of the party. That's a show you he was high. The party was winding down. It wasn't even all the way live. Two so, people. Right. 
inflicted wounds, man. And look, he will bounce back. He's going to land on his feet. Ironically, he's become a, a highly coveted guy now in sports media because of this, this video, which, it, it, again, it baffles my mind that that is what's going to enhance his overall uh, viability in this business. It just shows you what they think about us as black men. And, and I don't want to make it just about that, but at the same time, it's like I have a love-hate relationship with this story. I do. It's, it's a short, it's short money though, because that one site, that the one site's trying to use this to break ahead, and they said they paid him two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and he could do every night, do some stuff, and have some, some some strippers in the background and dancers. But that's that's come on, what do we do? That's tacky. Then the, then Barstool wants to give him, I guess, more money. But I still think it's short lived. Barstool's still trying to come up and do what they want to go do. In the long run, this is a guy who's going to have, you know. Uh, a jacket or whatever they call it in the NBA, the Hall of Fame. But he have yep. a jacket. He's going to be that kind of person and be on that level. He could survive it. I mean, Charles Barkley survived it after after he got pulled over <laughs> drunk and did whatever he had to do. But again, it's the video. When you see the video, video, you know, they said pictures worth a thousand words. It is because we all know Charles Barkley got pulled over and he told uh, the cop when he was on his way to go get done. And nobody talks about that no more. Nah, but when yeah. you see the video, the exploitation, all the different things, the, the video that. Paul Pierce posted. I've had I've had issues with Paul Pierce in the past. The fact that he even compared his career to Dwayne Wade, I'm a Miami Heat fan, Wade County all day. I was upset. The fact that he tried to have a, a, a retirement tour for that last year, kind of like Kobe, I was upset. I the fact that he hates on LeBron, although in my own way I hate on LeBron because he left the Miami Heat. But I do so. I try to be objective at least. Paul Pierce is just blatantly a LeBron hater. I've had issues with Paul Pierce. But for this particular story, what I want to say is a self-inflicted wound, but I think it will affect all of us. It just rubs me the wrong way. And, you know, the people making excuses for him and saying he's going to be all right. Yes, he will. But at the end of the day, it, it still is a stupid decision. It still reflects poorly on him as an athlete, him as a black man, all of us trying to get in these opportunities. So uh that's my be the, the cam soda guy now cam soda is the site that wanted to uh pay him two hundred fifty thousand. i that's you know they can hire, i'll take the job you take no come on i mean it, all the endorsements in the world don't don't pay for your <laughs> self-respect right and like you're talking about you know the narrative of being a black man and what they think about what black men stand for and what they do and how they move in this world we don't want that as part of our narrative at 43 that's the decision bro. that you make at, at, at 23. 19. Yeah, 19. I, I, you're 23, maybe, but you're cloud at, chasing at 43 years old. 43. I don't even know how to do Instagram live. Somebody had to press the button for me. I don't know. Where's that button? Where, where, where I hit the button at? One, one, of, the, one of the strippers had to show him how to do it. Yeah, show me. I don't I go live. Maybe that's what it was. He didn't know. He thought he was just recording. Right. <laughs> he was live. If, if, in this episode, live your truth. If the truth ever asked me what I thought about it, I'd be like, yo, bro, grow up. And that doesn't mean don't do what you did. Like, have, live your life. Live your truth. If those are the things that you like, if you like that sin tax world where you want to gamble, <laughs> if you want to drink, you want to have That's cannabis, right. you want to have scrippers, and they massage your back, do it. 
But I would say grow up in the sense that don't put it, don't hit live and 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 broadcast for everybody because that's when I question whether or not you're mature enough. You notice none of the other dudes in the picture were stupid because nobody else got on that screen. There's a lot of people playing poker. They were over there like these. They were throwing chips from far. You heard the chips fall. They're like, throw some more chips. I throw the chips. Just keep me off live. First time ever. Everybody's like, yo, don't put me on your video, Paul Pierce. Hall of Famer. I ain't got nothing to do with you. We're going to find out later. We're going to find out later who he was with right, it's right. Probably, garnett was probably there all kind of people there like, oh, oh believe me there's a Big lot of baby davis is in there nobody a lot that's of husbands okay. that's got okay checked. as long as they wasn't on the live he he messed up for a lot of people whoever's in his inner circle that went out with paul that night got checked wives were at home like yo um you said you was with paul right What's hey, but all the dancers was with him. You see that? Actually, it was one dude in the back. It was one dude in the back who got. I just had up. chips. I just had I chips. Had I didn't really have nothing. I was in. I was all in. I was pot committed. <laughs> I was pot committed. I had to stay in there. Paul had. He was oh, trying to show aces. I knew I had his flush. You know? right. <laughs> and, the, and the next version of the truth, we got prime time. Dion, y'all know he does this segment, Truth Twenty One, and the truth uh, shall set you free in this Live Your Truth episode. Uh, the truth had to be honest with the JSU greats. He had to apologize. Because after the second loss in a row with some very questionable decisions, he had to apologize to some of the JSU greats. Uh, he also had to be truthful with himself and with his team in making a quarterback change. I think you've arrived as a head coach when you got to make your first quarterback switch midway through the season. You got to be like, hey, man, you got to tap QB1 on the shoulder. You're like, hey, man, I got some parting gifts for you at the door. But what you will not be is QB1 next week. Primetime has arrived. And uh, we are seeing that the ship was not always all the way set right when it comes to JSU. There's still some kinks in the armor. Um, but when you're on full display at Jackson State University because of the primetime phenomena, those chips in the those kinks in the armor do not get washed under the rug. They are on full display. JSU, here we go, baby. Mistakes and all on full display. What do y'all think about Dion and his Tigers? I think it was important for him to make the apologies and to, you know, kind of humble himself a little bit because he made a lot of claims and a lot of, you know, preseason, you know, talks. But like that's per, part of his personality, right, to to kind of be that hype person. Right. So I think he <clears throat> utilized some of that to get his team hyped up, to get the university hyped up. So I, I get it. Um, but now you're in the you're in the role as the coach. So now you got to make some real decisions. You got to act like a coach. You can't be yeah. prime time the football player for the Dallas Cowboys. You have to be the head coach. You have to take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and do the right thing for your players and for the university. So that's what they hired you for. That's what you got to do. You know, I'm a big picture guy. So I always look at this as the big picture. It's good for HBCU football. If Dion came in, he got a few people on his team. He ran through everybody and did all the stuff. They say, all right, cool. One team. Dion comes in. He just took three or four guys from Power Five kid uh, players, put them on there, and just ran through everybody. They're sorry. The fact that he brought some new guys in there that we're not used to seeing, <clears throat> and he still got dealt with twice, still has to deal with. You know what I'm saying? That's like right. well, HBC. You ain't no punks. You're not just gonna come in here with three players, four players, and all of a sudden now you're just gonna run through everybody. So I think it's good for the thing. Make you, it, it legitimizes a little bit more. Like okay. 
we're doing it. Now, I'm interested because his son is over there, and they pulled the quarterback. So his son was the third-string quarterback. Isn't his son a quarterback? I think his son is taking a red shirt. His son is not dressed off for any games. Oh, got you. He's a red I think shirt. He's, so. I think he's taking a red shirt. Now, we, not only did he go to the, the to HBCU, but he went to the mighty, mighty swack of the, of the HBCU world. And as my man Corey Bradford and my man Donald Driver, I just name dropped again. But those are two guys that uh, my first real introduction of SWAT pride came from both of those gentlemen when I was in camp well, with Green Bay Packers. Both of them went on to have great NFL careers. But they they exuded this pride about the SWAT. The SWAT ain't no pump. You know, the SWAT like, above the MIAC? In terms of overall quality, I would yeah. say so. Yeah, 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 I would say so. Mm-hmm. And the MIAC is reshaped a few times. The SWAT has been tried and true those teams yeah yeah they they, they, that's i think the best conference within hbcu world is the swag and uh dion is finding out like you said big flow ain't no punks over there ain't no punks punk step up you get beat down and uh in the last two weeks they didn't got beat down what's up my man cheeky black shelton jordan one of our loyal listeners in the live audience says uh basically that that he's he's been owned eight straight well not he JSU has been owned eight straight losses against uh, Southern University. It's gonna take and, more than Dion to stop that streak. Yeah, yeah, you you gonna have to you gonna have to bring more than just uh, uh, <laughs> just a few players over. It seems yeah, like, the, but he is changing the culture, and I will say that now PepsiCo is the official beverage provider, the official beverage of the SWAT. While I don't give all the credit to what the SWAC is and the quality of football to Dion, I do give credit to some of the exposure and some of the recent um, uh, uh, commercialization of the opportunities. And that seems like an example of one. So shout out to Dion. Shout out to PepsiCo making uh, this uh, being the official drink of the SWAC and committing to HBCUs. I think they've committed like $400 million over the next five years mm-hmm. or something like that. I like the fact that he didn't just go for self and he did. Like he's working for the, the, the greater good of the, the conference as opposed to just yeah. for him. Yeah. And, and, and the next story of live your truth. Sometimes you're too truthful. We talked about Paul Pierce. You're just too truthful. You're putting it on live and self-sabotaging, self-inflicted wounds. Sometimes you're just too truthful. And then this next story of the week, I just think the, the, the subject of this story was just too truthful. Last week, we celebrated a brother named Hubert. Anytime you can celebrate a brother named Hubert, because there ain't too many brothers named Hubert, you better believe that he's done something great. And he accepted I got, the, I got a cousin named Hubert. Let's go easy on that. I got a cousin. All right, all right, cool, cool. I'll go easy. I'll go easy. I mess with I, him, too. I mess you with you him. don't Shout call out. him Hubert, though. You got a nickname for him, I'm sure. Huey. Huey. Or something. Huey. 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 Call him Bert. Something. Huey, yeah. His brother's. Go by HB. If, yeah, HB something, right? You know, um, <laughs> uh, uh, but but this particular Hubert goes by Hubert, and we celebrated the fact that he would be uh taking over where Roy Williams left off the UNC Tar Heels program. Great first interview, everything was going just as planned, and and he admitted that that, that you know only 26 coaches and power five, uh, a, a big uh power conference, uh, basketball. And, and everything was just going as planned as he was answering the question about being one of the very few when it comes to black coaches at such a prestigious basketball program. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he decided to say, and I'm also proud I got a white wife. I mean, it had nothing to do with the question. It was completely out of context. I think I know what he was trying to say. 
What is that? I, 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 I think he was trying to say, look here. Also, I got a white wife, right? I'm not proud that she's white. I, I'm, I'm proud of my wife, but I'm not proud that I have a white wife. I don't feel like I've, it's not like it's a, it's a trophy that I did some, and that's how he came across. I think he was trying to, I don't know. I think he, he wasn't, he wasn't ready. He hadn't been media trained. I, I can't believe that that's what he really meant. I feel like he meant to say, I want to fix him because I feel like it's so that's bad. That's what he meant to say. And he no, said I it. That's what he meant to say. That's that's he he meant to say. It does sound terrible. It's terrible. He meant to say, here's what he meant to say. He meant to say, <laughs> I'm also proud of my wife who is white. I think that's what he meant to who say. Who happens right? to be white. But I, even I don't know why he said that. I don't know he could have just said, I'm proud of my family. I'm proud of just stopped my talking family's after here with me celebrating. You know, the media would have found out that he had a white wife and had biracial children. So this wasn't about that. This was about him making a statement about him being the first, you know, one Maybe of the He could have said, I'm proud to be position. able to have biracial children. Maybe he could have said that. I don't know why I said Not that. the place. No, he didn't, he didn't need to say any of that. He didn't no. say nothing. I'm trying. No. I'm trying to help him. He could have said that. It was <laughs> no. so bad. I was like, yeah. I think you're sympathizing because you got a cousin named Hubert. I think I got a cousin named Hubert, man. He HB got a white stand wife, up. Man. <laughs> He got my racial. I'm trying, man. Look, you were. I tried. I was so happy they hired you, man. I'm trying, but I don't want to say that. They're yeah. gonna cancel you, man. Cancel culture. They're gonna cancel you, man. Go yeah, man. Hey, look. It, when you have a platform that is second to none when it comes to college basketball, and you have been media trained as a player on all levels, college, professional, and now as a coach, he's been media trained. You knew that that question was coming. It was the, it was the elephant in the room that everyone knew was coming. So hopefully you prepared for the question. The question comes, and in the middle of connecting with so many black coaches that didn't get the opportunity, so many institutions that have questioned whether or not they should hire a black coach, knowing that they're going to deal with either the backlash. Uh, uh, with, with with their alum, a la University of Texas, in their football program, or knowing they have to answer the question of, of, of why you didn't do it earlier, or or why is is North Carolina a school that has great sports? Why is this only the fourth black head coach of any sport? You know, you got to answer. Institutions are, are rambling and dealing with it, and in the middle of that, you say, "Oh, by the way, I got a white wife." I'm proud of having. He was trying to say that he was, a, you know, for the people on both sides. He was That's what he was probably trying to say in his mind. All but that's matter. not the moment. That's All not the moment. Matter. That's pretty much what that's he said. All lives matter. He did. Fuck I didn't Hubert. ask I tried, you about Hubert. All lives. I tried. I got I to turn my back on you. I tried to turn my back on you. He it said. is an all lives matter moment. In it the is. middle of talking about filling the blank, whether it be Ahmaud Arbery. Why? Floyd, in the middle of that, I don't want to hear you say all lives matter. Because Black Lives no. Matter at that point is the point right. to be made because Black Lives have been treated as though they did not matter. In this moment, exactly. Black coaches uh, and Black uh, uh, professionals have, that have not gotten the opportunity, that have been surpassed, in that moment, just answer that question. I don't need you to tell me all lives matter. And so in the spirit of that, I just want y'all to know, in the middle of Ball Hog Sports Talk, as we're beginning this particular show, live your truth. I need to let y'all know I drive a white car. <laughs> I've used Crest white strips before. 
I I wore a white suit to the first pep rally at Notre Dame. And it no, was, you didn't. It was yes, I did. All white. That thing was cold. I'm sure you did. Thank you, I'm sure. All I'm white. You no, didn't. you believe I did it. Uncle Lauderdale. <laughs> Shallow side. And he used I wore to have that one suit. beer here about this long and some gold fronts. <laughs> Y'all used to, y'all wish y'all knew y'all do Bobby back in the day. This is new. You, you was representing the ebony side of the dome with your absolutely dude back then. Yeah, absolutely. And the bottom pack. Yeah, when you met me, I did have to go to. But yeah, I, to. in the middle of this, in the middle of this show, yeah, I just uttered out those things. You would think I was crazy, and that's what I'm thinking of Hubert. I don't care about your crest white strips. I don't care about the white car that you drive. I don't care about the white suit that I wore back in the first pep rally. It doesn't make sense. It seemed like he couldn't wait to get to it too. That's the worst oh, part. Like, it's, yeah. the best it's like he trying to spin through all the stuff. Like that was what he. Ah, come on, Hubert. I tried. He I got meant Hubert. To say look, it. Hubert. I tried. Okay, I got to turn my back it, on you now. Yeah, he, he, he was just painfully jogging and slogging through the rest of it, and then he just brightened up his chest. And, and oh, by the way, I got a white wife. She probably got that. I ain't gonna say nothing. She she wears <laughs> pants over there. Some some special. She got something special. Some she got special. something real special. Well, you to abruptly in the middle of that question saying, I'm proud of my white wife. Boy, I don't want whatever that is, I don't proud want to stay away my from. Wife is white. Yeah. One of our viewers said that it's gonna hurt, you know, recruit with black families, um, you know, with their black sons going there. So yeah. possibly. Possibly. Uh, well, when you compare that to when you compare that, just reflecting on a previous topic, when you compare that to Dion going to someone's living room and eating soul food and really connecting with folks, mm -hmm. uh, it is different, man. It's a different experience than, than, you know, and I know we're talking about JSU versus UNC basketball. So two very different things. But the relationship and connection you have with the coach extends beyond just the recruit. It does extend That's to right. the family. And as a mom, if I'm listening to that, as a black mom, I'm listening to that. I don't care who you marry. It really doesn't matter. But in the yeah. middle of that question, for you That's to reveal time. that and divulge that place. to me and say it was so much, and I'm proud of my wife. You should be proud of your white wife. But you don't need Not to, she to divulge white. that in the middle of this particular question. All lives matter. We agree. But I don't need to hear that on the heels of George Floyd being on the wrong end of somebody's knee. I don't need to hear it then. And, and that's what it felt like to me. So we we better not catch him in a, a MAGA hat where he's done. Oh, it's a he wrap. Will, he he will not be invited to the barbecue. He will not nah, be invited, invited to the barbecue. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. In, 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 in this episode. Um, I tried, Hubie. He did. He did. Man. I tried. I you had, had a connection. And his wife better not make the potato salad. His wife better oh, not. My wife with raisins. <laughs> no I'd have been better off from you. I'd have felt better off when he said that. And I'm proud. I'm married to a white wife that can actually cook some soul I'm food. I'm proud that I have raisins in my potato salad. I like my chicken without salt. Nobody got high blood pressure somehow. Proud of I, I just don't know. Anyway, all right. On to the next. Uh, athletes. They've addressed the anti-Asian hate. And have done so, I think, in a, in a really proud and powerful way. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, in the game that he's playing against in the against the Atlanta Hawks, he's doing a tribute. Uh, he's working with the Bruce Lee Foundation, and he's going to have special sneakers that he wears for that game. Going to auction off the sneakers after the game and give it to the eight victims' families from the Atlanta tragedy. Um uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out and spoke. Bruce Lee's daughter talked about the the the, the initiative with Steph Curry. Uh, and in the middle of that week, uh, unfortunately, a particular player uh, for Carlton Davis for the Tampa Bay Bucks 
uh, said something, that, and I gotta admit, we had I I, I we use certain, we use certain words in Florida that we didn't know were offensive, and he used it and tweeted it. Has since deleted the tweet. Uh, it, there weren't any racial connections with the word as he used them, but the word itself has racial uh, implications, and so he had to apologize for it. it. It's just been an interesting week. You see some of these videos of people attacking Asian women, older Asian women, and it's it turns your stomach. It really does. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in the Live Your Truth episode, uh, I had to at least talk about it because I do like to see these athletes living their truth and connecting with the racism that they might have personally or through association have lived through and extending the olive branch and extending the hand of empathy uh, to our Asian brothers and sisters. So I just wanted to at least talk about it. I don't know if you guys wanted me, to weigh in. Let me ask you a question. So is that a term in the South, like for, for lame it, people? It is. It, 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 not lame, and maybe it's evolved into lame people. All right, so everybody, uh, so that the term, the term, I wouldn't say, used, don't, don't say, yeah, I don't even say, it. I, I, don't but say it. it wasn't until someone said it to me because when I read it, because we're so politically correct, no one has written the word out, mm -hmm. no one's written the word out, so I didn't know what it was. Um, so the know, term but, actually is. It is Asian, but it's it's it was used in the Vietnam War, and that's when they were. It starts with it. So yeah, it's what the people call the Vietnamese people in the Vietnam War. So when he said it, when I when I read it, I was like, "Does he have any idea what he's talking about?" He obviously doesn't think there's a lot of Vietnamese people that are in South Florida. So I don't. It's not for me to take his explanation because I'm not the one offended by it. But when he explained it away that he thought it meant lames, and he was talking about some producer. I tended to buy the story because it's such like it's such an outdated word that people don't use a lot. And I could see if he's under, I mean, I was the Vietnam War stopped before I was born and I'm older than everybody. And uh I could imagine maybe if he how old is this guy? And he's this, young. He's young. He's he's in his twenties. He's, he's a current player. Yeah, yeah current, current player. player. So again, not to excuse it, but there is a chance that he has no clue the history of the word. And that if he heard it as a slang, he just used it. And he said, hey, I'm sorry. I'll never use it again. I didn't know. Again, it's not for me to accept his apology because I'm not Asian. But it, it kind of made sense from that standpoint of how I explained it away. Because a lot of times people say things they have no idea what it means. You know? Uh, yeah. For sure. Uh, for sure. No, I like his I apology. Know. Yeah, his apology seemed authentic. And 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 we'll just take it for that. Uh, I didn't know when I, when I saw the word spelled out. I didn't even know what it was. It wasn't until in a conversation someone said the word, and I, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, nah, we've used that word in Florida." But I never made the connection, and mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm thankful that he made the mistake, so I don't make the same mistake. Because in Florida, we use the word not meaning anything related to any particular race. It's kind of like we didn't use it as lame. It's kind of like that is a type. That's somebody outside my neighborhood or something that you're distinguishing yourself from. Like, I don't hang with them over there. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a filler word that had really, in my mind, no real meaning other than it was it was South Florida. It was how you knew where somebody was from. Okay, he's from the crib because you used the word. But um, knowing better is, means to do better. So um, I'm glad he apologized. Uh, and I'm glad to see athletes stepping out from their comfort zone and doing things on behalf of, of people on the wrong side of these racist, racist acts.
I hate uh, I hate to leave that alone without commenting on the negative. Only I I, I do want to shout out to Steph Curry because I do think as athletes we're using our platform or they're using their platform uh, for good. And and a lot of people say you only care about Black Lives, you only care about this. I think it's a big step for 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 Steph to come forward and and hey, look, I'm going to go for all the hate crimes and everybody out there because there's so many critics out there. They're like, oh, you're just doing this for so and so. Use a platform for everything that you see that, that, that needs your attention. So I appreciate that. Shout yeah, I, out do, Steph. I do too. Now, Steph Curry, in the middle of an interview about uh, how he is stepping up for the uh, the Asian brothers and sisters um, just mentioned. And I'm and I'm proud. My wife is like, I'm still trying to figure out. And my wife and the shoes are going to be white. And I'm and proud gonna, my wife. Yeah. I'm going to the White House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Steph avoided that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Deshaun Watson, y'all. I, uh, I was doing weekly Lamelo Ball. I might have to do the weekly Deshaun Watson. Get this well, Lamelo. Get well, Lamelo. Well. <laughs> right, because <laughs> that's a better story than this. Deshaun Watson in the Live Your Truth episode, because people have called upon the accusers to live their truth, come out behind the anonymous name and uh, anonymous uh, postings, and let us know who you are. Where two of them absolutely did that. There were two women that came out from behind anonymity. They revealed themselves. And whether you still have to figure out, it, there's a lot that to, to still be uncovered here. But that's normally seen as a sign of more truthful. When you're willing to come out and publicly state who you are, publicly give your account. And two women have done that. <sighs> Watson is losing. He's losing sponsorships now. I, uh, look, I don't know where the to go sounds, to discuss it. Live your truth. The woman what, sounds credible. <laughs> the woman sounds Wait. credible. You know, she talked about her anxiety. She talked about her her fear. Um, she talked about you know not wanting to be able to do her um, her business the way she loved it. So when you start putting those words out about having anxiety and depression and all of those things. That that makes it more real and more tangible. So you know, endorsers have backed off, and that's what that's what happens after these things happen. After these things surface, you know. So when, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, just a follow up question. My bad, Big Flow. Um, when you hear her talk about the anxiety, when you hear her talk about her reaction to what she has alleged, um, and, and I'm I'm imagine as a woman, you've talked to other women that have dealt with whether it be. The, sexual encounter, sexual harassment or some sort of misconduct, misdeed. Um, does that ring true or, or feel like you've heard it before, familiar in terms of women's response to what would be inappropriate behavior? Definitely. It sounds very familiar. You always want to believe someone who says that they've been assaulted, first of all. Right. So you don't want to have to, like, um, put it in your mind that, oh, she's lying. You know, so you 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 want to believe somebody who comes forward and says that. But then when she gives her own personal account, what happened and how it made her feel like she wasn't able to continue to do the 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 job that she loves and her passion that just rang more true for me and it does sound like what I've heard people who have experienced um, assault before um, talk about and so it did definitely um, provide some credibility to to her to her story absolutely now I saw one of our uh, our, our uh, listeners say that you know the demand for hundred thousand dollars would that suddenly make you go away his attorney actually i think really was damning because he came out and he he surfaced uh an exchange when they asked for the hundred thousand and then they tried to negotiate and a lot of people say oh you just paid it doesn't mean you're guilty but he negotiated saying maybe there's some stuff that sean can learn from this and give you you know the uh, the behavior 
once you start saying, I'll give you some money and there's something for us to learn, you're validating it right now. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't know. Big Flo, he, I, 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 look, it's tough. When it comes to representation, as an attorney, my job is not to, to necessarily find the truth. My job is to get the best result for you. And that attorney's job was to get the best result. And it sometimes it's like, you know, an efficient breach, what they call basically a contract a term. Like sometimes it makes more sense for me to breach the contract than to go through with it. And in this case, it might have been more cost effective to pay $100,000 and be done with it than to have the entire world question your behavior. To have other women come out and say, oh, he did the same thing. These sponsorships are gone. And that's why I remove any judgment based on the offer to 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 pay a hundred thousand dollars because sometimes man you, you you gotta you gotta make decisions based on what is the cost effectiveness of that decision and a hundred thousand dollars right now i bet he'd pay a hundred thousand dollars to make this go away i know but you know most of the time people will say right, we're doing a settlement but we're not going to admit any guilt right that's what they usually try to do you're a lawyer you, you have to speak down a little better than i do but when in the words that he used in this in this exchange that, that his attorney read saying that they kind of tried to negotiate it down and said there's things that Deshaun can learn from his behavior or something to that effect. I don't like those youth of words. If you want to pay to make it go away, pay to go away. But once you start saying that, well, yeah, you know, we'll give you 50,000. We probably could learn to, to act better. Ah, now you're starting to tell, you know, look, I'm not telling you, you know, you don't tell them nothing like that. Do yeah, not say but- I learned because most people settle and say, this is not an admission of guilt. I'm settling and here, do this, just making it go away. But when you're telling me that you think you could have learned from your behavior and then we find out there's 20 other women that come on and do it, I'm having a hard time, Deshaun. I'm trying to work I, with you. I would be okay with using those same words because on the other side of that is someone that believes that whatever he did was inappropriate and has been impacted by it. So even in that statement, you are acknowledging to the person that their feelings are real Okay. Uh, I'm the attorney speaking to 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 either their attorney or to um, the accuser personally. I want them to know that I believe that their feelings are real and we can learn something from it. I don't see it as a as a guilt admission whatsoever. So it's a tactic in your mind. It's a tactic. It's a tactic, and and, uh, and that's the challenge of revealing something like that, a recording that was meant for private exchange to be used publicly. Has it's out of context by definition. And, and, and that hundred thousand, looking back on it, man, paid a hundred thousand, paid a hundred thousand, like as an attorney, not not as his uncle that is 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 defending his honor and knows that he he would never do anything like that. And, and on the flip side of it, someone you know that is accusing him, if they want to take a hundred thousand dollars to help them deal with 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 the anxiety, to help them deal with the the, the loss of income in connection with this because you know we always say you know there's there's three sides of the story right his yeah. side her side and the truth mm-hmm. and the, the, there is a truth that's in between both interpretations of when what went on and sometimes it's worth paying a hundred thousand dollars what, what if you what if you guys hear more of her side meaning there's two people that reveal their names what happens if more and more people reveal their names Does that sway you one way or the other 
What do you say? You have to um, see what happens over time. I, you know, like I said, I feel like the the first um, young lady who came forward, her her story resonated um, with me because it, it was comparable to other stories that I had heard about people who were, have been assaulted. Um, I just think that you know this is a this is this is a tough call, and I think he was very very inappropriate in his behavior. Um, like we've discussed, you know, he hasn't had any criminal charges come against him, but that but maybe those are to come. So I think we just have to wait and see um, how this unfolds. I'll let you get the last word there, y'all. Let's hop into the next topic. Uh, Deshaun Watson, this story is not going away, so we will be discussing this uh, again. Um, the midnight train out of Georgia. MLB was like, y'all know how it is. I told you last week how we said I'm taking my hat, get my hat, my coat, and leave. MLB took their all-star game. They took their hat, their coat, and they decided to leave Georgia which has sparked more of a political debate. Georgia, if you've been under the rock, um, unbeknownst to anybody who considers themselves a part of uh, the 21st century, somehow, some way, Georgia stepped back into uh, the year 1950-something um, because the new voting restrictions, some might even call voter suppression, that was signed into law has given all of us a, a, a moment of pause. And the MLB thought that it was so suppressive uh, that they did not want their all-star game in Georgia. And so they've moved on. Uh, the response to that has been pretty interesting. I don't know what you guys thought about it. Uh, the MLB uh, has now really embraced Black Lives Matter. Uh, MLB has been outspoken. They've sort of taken the role that the NBA had. And the NBA, the MLB, I think, is doing a lot of things right now. That being one of them, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, I definitely feel that the game should have been um, moved from Georgia. I, you know, I think because it's not just about Georgia, right? This is about voter suppression. That can happen. These laws, these same laws could be passed in other states, right? So this is just like the impetus for other things for being kind of a domino effect. And that's kind of the strategy. So right. it's like we take one state, we get these laws passed, and then other states will, you know, follow around and do that. So I think um, the MLB is definitely sending the message that, you know, we're not going to stand for that. We're about people having more access to be able to vote and not more restrictive access um, to, to voting. And we're not going to be um, held hostage um, because we're in a, because we're in the state of Georgia. Having said that, Stacey Abrams herself, who was, you know, um, riveted as the person who helped get the votes that was needed uh, yep. in Georgia is against the major league bas um, baseball moving the all-star game out of Georgia. So um, it's interesting to see kind of the push and pull um, of this, but what's great about it is that there's room for the discussion and that there's room to see how people feel about um, what this really means and how this impacts um, the economy um, in Georgia and how it impacts uh, sports and major league sports across, across the United States. We've celebrated Stacey Abrams here at the Ball Hawk Sports Talk, and we'll continue to celebrate her. I think Stacey Abrams and even the Atlanta Braves, uh, Atlanta Braves need a, a, a PR course too because publicly they said no one gives a you-know-what. Uh, and I think they just showed a, a lack of tone deafness that was amazing. Um, but I think those who have disagreed with that decision have done so because of the impact on uh, the 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 local worker, the impact on the local economy, all the people that would have benefited from the all-star game being there. And in any movement, any decision like this, there will be sacrifice. So I, I hate that 
some of the people working the stadium and, and some of the people working parking and uh, concessions <clears throat> and all the people that will not get a paycheck from the MLB All-Star game being there. They indeed have made sort of a, a sacrifice because of this law. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's something that has us discussing it. And that's important. Uh, Big Flo, I'll give you last word before we move on. Yeah, I'm a little torn <clears throat> by, you know, go back and forth. <clears throat> like you said, the, the, the count, I guess we talked about last week, the county that is um, that was housing the All-Star game is was against the law. You know, there was against the new laws that went forward and they're the ones going to be punished. I mean, we all know Atlanta is a, a half uh, highly thriving African-American uh, city. So, you know, not to get the All-Star game there is, you know, again, hurting a lot of people in that in that area. So it's tough, you know, reading the laws, um, you know, trying to read through them a little bit more. Uh, I need to understand a little bit more. I, I guess, obviously, this if the Republican side is pushing it. Obviously, it's because it's trying to get more votes, right? They always do the thing with gerrymandering and trying to get the different, uh, you know, areas to be more Republican, different, whatever. On the surface, some of the things I think are, are represented a little bit harsher than they really are. Like the water situation I heard about the line is really that they just don't want Bobby uh, Bobby Brown running for office giving out water, but the people who actually who are running the, the polling place, they can give out water. So some of the stuff gets a little bit skewed, and I try to be fair when I look at things and read through it. I don't know. Boycotting, I think we're in a cancel culture. The first thing we do is we stop doing something, but then it becomes polarizing, and people dig their feet in. On the other side, the, the guy in Texas now is like, we don't – I thought this was funny. We're not going to make a bid for the All-Star game. So what? Nobody asked you, right? <laughs> and, so, and, and he backed out of throwing the first pitch, the governor. Backed yeah, out. He, throwing, I'm not going to throw the first pitch. Cool. Nobody cares. They still had the game. Nobody cares. When it comes to – when they say nobody gives a shit, that's what they're talking about, what, what he thinks. Nobody cares. So – uh, I don't know. I go back and forth with it because, like as you mentioned, there are a lot of innocent people who got hurt from that that were not for the law. So I don't know. I'm indifferent. Uh, very, very uh, well put. And, you know, you said hypothetically Bobby Brown running for office. And it's not hypothetical, baby, because I am running for office and I ain't giving out no water. It's a softball, I do, baby. It's a softball. I like that. I like that. It's the first <laughs> time I said that, I think, on Ball Hawks. Yeah. Um, but, yes, I am running for office. Um, and Just my homegirl. Our communications director is in the building. Thank you, Miss Linda Bett, for all your work. Uh, that's right. I'm saying it publicly because she does uh, do a lot for us in our campaign. And then I will say right before we get into the last topic uh, of this segment, please like, please comment, please share. Please tag a friend. Brown in tag a foe. Oh, I like that. I didn't know we had that one. You know, look, our producers don't. I didn't know you had that queued up. All right. I appreciate that. Vote B. Brown 2021. I'm just reading the screen. That's all I'm saying. That's all. I'm uh, please tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody you know. If you're listening in podcast world, please subscribe and tell others to subscribe. Last topic for three and a possible is this. And I wanted to make sure I gave uh, the, uh, you know, shameless plug before this particular topic because this one is is, is it's, it's powerful man and it's a tragic story former nfl player philip adams commits murder and then suicide kills a family of five at the doctor the wife the grandkids, grandkids. and then <clears throat> kills himself the, the family is blaming it on some of the troubles that he had i know someone that lives down there in that area of south carolina which is just outside north carolina rock hill what Winthrop University is, uh, and and people have said that he had so many problems, so many challenges. He never transitioned after football, and we want to take this opportunity to just uh, 
pay our respects to the family. Uh, send our condolences, sincere condolences to the family, to, to the community there that has to be rocked by such news uh, on all sides, on, on, on uh, the victims. And I think the victims includes the person, unfortunately, who, who committed this act and, and murdered himself. Uh, they're all victims. The obvious victims is that family that uh, are the family members uh, who he decided to take their lives. And uh, this story, I think, connects to so many other stories. But I just wanted to take a very brief moment of silence and send our condolences to Rock Hill, South Carolina, and the family that was um, tragically struck by uh, this, this former player's uh, decisions. In this episode of Live Your Truth, uh, we appreciate the fact that it's an honor just to be able to live. And we can't take life for granted. Tomorrow's not promised. And I think the truth of, of, of this story, we look forward to hearing it and understanding it, not for the salacious reasons that most people are talking about it. Um, but here on the Ballhawk Sports Talk, it, it has come up for us to pay our respects, learn from it, and most importantly, do what we can do to prevent it from ever happening again. All right, let's hop into the sports freestyle, y'all. Um, first topic, uh, ES ESPN, uh, NBA list of 25 under 25, my man Melo. That's right, my man Melo, number three. You know what I'm saying? Sneaking his way back onto the show. See, you know, hey, man, <laughs> hey man ESPN, you know, they did it. I didn't do it. You know, my man LaMelo Ball <laughs> in the building again. Number three. What did y'all think about the list? A whole bunch of people took issue with that list, man. There's some people hot in their feelings about that list. You ever want to just tick somebody off, make a list, right? You just make a list. True that. You know, True two that. things. Make a list and just randomly talk about your crest white strips because you just like something white. Right? Those are the things that will tick people off. That's what this week showed us. This list ticked a lot of people off. What did y'all think about ESPN's 25 under 25? Did, did they get it right? Uh, my son wasn't on there, and I got upset. He only 10, but I thought he should have been on there, um, although he's not in the NBA yet. But that's that's the level of insanity attributed to this list right now. Um there are some names on there that we knew would be on there. Uh, people thought that Devin Booker was too low, and 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 I, John Morant was too low. What did you guys think about the list? I don't know. I think you know it's it's all under twenty five is in and of itself. Just let you know how in how the list is just kind of out the seat of your pants. You know these guys haven't been around long enough to really find out who the real stars are, who the goons are. A lot of people have a good start to their career and. And they don't end up doing much. So it's a fun list to get you started, get you talking, to get the, get yourself on the ball hawk sports talk. You know what I mean? Just throw a list out there. So it's it's all right. Um no, nobody's surprising to me. I, I thought, agree with Flo. It's a yeah. list, you know, yeah. it's to get us talking, it's to get you know, see how it's going, how it's flowing, how it's moving. But it's just a list, and I I, I wouldn't put nothing to it. Yeah, uh, you know, it Stephen A said the people that made the list need to be drug tested. He was so upset. You gotta be drug tested. Uh, you know, sometimes I think the same thing about my wife when she make one of them honey do lists. You better drug test. I ain't doing all that. Uh, but this particular list, this 25 under 25, boy, it got people feathers ruffled. Uh NBA, that's why I love it because they so competitive. It's a it it's 
it's you know that sport is a mono e mono sport and this list is bringing out the bravado baby they upset um so we'll see if the list has changed at all there has now been several remixes to the list um so that just shows you how 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 upset people are uh next topic in sports freestyle where we just give straight bars uh los angeles uh they have in the angels quite the player not too often will you see a guy like shohei otani who threw both 101 mile per hour fastball and hit a 451 foot bomb home run in the did same I hear, did day you say drug test a little while ago yeah <laughs> no nah, i mean i think i it, i think it's the hormones and the food you ain't supposed to be able to do all of that the pitchers are aren't just sitting around not doing batting practice no more i think this is the beginning of this is the sign of the times man it's the hormone and the food i see these little eighth graders at the aau tournaments there's an eighth grader that has a highlight man a, a, a video of him just dunking all over the place i'm blaming the hormones and the food and and this this ability to throw a hundred and one mile fastball and hit a four hundred and fifty one foot bomb in the same game, I think is sort of where we're going with baseball. This is where it is, and the Angels got it. Uh, did you guys I think see? It? I, I think it's you know just a sign of the times. You know, um, you know, in, in football when you started seeing quarterbacks running, it was a, like a phenomenon, right? So you're trying to do you know have athletes that are more athletic that can do more things. So I think, you know, baseball is one of those sports where it would be great to have people who can throw a ball that fast and then hit a bomb out the park like that. Right. So now he might be setting a precedent of what's expected and what's the expectation for, right. you know, new recruits coming into Major League um, Baseball. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I want to see more of it. I had he's second in the lineup. Right. They got him second in the lineup. In the First person line. since 1903 to be a uh, pitcher to be uh, second in the lineup. First person, first, third person to bat for himself in um in the American League since 1976. This dude is a cyborg. He's just not from here. I don't know. <laughs> is he a foreign born player or is he was he born here? I don't know where he was born. I, don't I, know. I, I, I you know the name tells me that you know his, his, his at least his descent uh, from, from a naming so standpoint. Yeah. See, the thing is, this is the reason why baseball is so difficult. Some of these different countries, they'll grab a kid out the womb and they'll look at him and they'll, they'll measure his elbow to forearm and say we're gonna put him in this camp here is the united states you still gotta go do your stuff but they'll throw some of these countries are all in on their athletes so this dude came out he come on man what they do with this dude over there i don't know what they're feeding him over there or whatever you saw the guy side i check his blood see what's going on man. You, that's you a stay drug test uh, got like 101 it. miles per hour and 450 get up out of here let's do the story of the week sports wise so we got to get to the sports freestyle was ncaa basketball it 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 was March Madness, uh, well, just for the men, because they didn't let the women use the March Madness tag. But uh, March Madness for me <laughs> is everybody, men and women. It gave us everything that we could have asked for and then some. In uh, no order whatsoever, what did you guys think? I thought, you know, sort of uh, the, the, the semi-game where, you know, Jalen Suggs comes down and hits that just inside half-court game winner, walk-off game winner. Uh, to beat UCLA was an amazing game. Uh, I, I, each one of the women's semis and the final, I thought, were amazing games. Uh, it, it, what, what did you guys think? I, let me first talk about the shot with Suggs. I want to know what you guys think. I think too much is made of the shot. Understand what's the greatest shot, the greatest shot. To me, if you don't call glass, 
you throw a three, it's a, it's a lucky shot. Christian Leitner shot as much as I didn't like Christian Leitner. He got the ball, he did a basketball move, and he sunk a shot. This dude came up, threw it, and it hit off the backboard. He didn't try to do it like that. It went in. I think they're giving him a little too much credit for it. It's great. They won. It's fantastic. But to make it seem like the shot in and of itself was – it wasn't Steph Curry-like. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he hit uh, all net. You hit the backboard. You got lucky. That's how I look at it. He did yell game, though. To me, that's the equivalent of yelling glass. That type of confidence when you shoot the ball and yell game. Uh, I guess it was 50-50. It was a flip of a coin. He definitely it, didn't think he hit the glass. He definitely, the shot didn't go where he wanted to if he yelled game. He's too busy talking. If he didn't hit all net. You hit all net, I'm giving it to you. But you hit off the back. Congratulations, you won. But calm down. Calm down yeah. to me. Yeah. Don't be like Stephen A. Smith. Just give the boy his props. Give his props. And- I'm not trying to hate him. It's just too much love. Too much love. Uh, I, I, that shot was, you know, I, I like the shot just because you, you don't see it too often. I'm looking for something to displace Christian Leitner's shot. I said it last week. I say it publicly. I'm just a Duke hater. And Christian Leitner is at the top of my Duke hate. He and uh, a few of them, but Leitner's at the top of it. Uh, So I'm just looking for a shot to to knock that one off, the Mount Rushmore of big shots in March Madness. And so you're right. It wasn't that uh, uh, significant to eclipse that shot because it was in the semifinal game versus the final game. But I thought it was a big shot. (laughs) They got dealt with. Yeah. Yeah, they got dealt with. Uh, they got the paws put on them. In the Live Your Truth episode, we saw somebody get deboed. And there was never a point in that game that I thought Gonzaga had a chance. Baylor went out there and acted a fool. They put them boys in the headlock and made them tap out. Everybody, everybody is tough until you get punched in the nose. And Gonzaga got punched in the nose on national over television. And over, over, over and over again. Everybody's tough until you get punched in the nose. What uh, what'd you think about uh, what you think about March Madness, Meredith, on either side? Uh, and I got to get to the women, but I'll, I'll go to you first, Meredith. But you know, I, I you know I wanted Gonzaga to win because I wanted the you know that beautiful story of having an undefeated season. But you know, you go on out buying champagne before you know before the game is over. That that kind of like you know, it's not it's not a good look, you know. Nah. So at least um, don't let nobody know, find out about. Amazing it. about- <laughs> and that's what, and that's what's amazing about sports, right? The game has to be played. You gotta play the game to actually win the game. So, um, you know, so I'm I was upset because I wanted to see them win it all, but that's yeah. what they get. We we gotta get to the women because the coach from Arizona, uh, Adia Barnes, in the post game <laughs> conversation when they beat UConn in the semifinals, I, I, allegedly. She gestured with her middle she finger. She said she don't take it back. <laughs> I saw you know, it. I love it. that she didn't did apologize because there's yeah. different standards. There's no way on the men's side. If one of the coaches got all excited after they beat UConn, and UConn for women's basketball is there is really no equivalent on the men's side. Someone that's been that dominant for that long. A coach that has a personality that we all dislike. And I, again, I've admitted publicly that I'll be hating on him. I'm a Notre Dame man. So, yes, I can't stand Gino Ariabara. And I mess up his name on purpose. Um, so, Abia Barnes is a coach. She she knocks off UConn, which no one gave them a chance of doing. And she got excited. Maybe she used the middle finger or two. And people want her to apologize. I'm as happy that she did not apologize because it's a different standard. Simple and plain. Here's the thing. She didn't flip them off. I mean, I can understand right. if she would have flipped them off. That's that's tacky. She went in her huddle. Our cameras are nosy as hell, so they got in her camera. I saw it when it happened. I said, did she just flip the 
Bird, but she's like, F them. I love it. She couldn't rip her shirt off, you know what I mean? Because she's breastfeeding. It would have been inappropriate to do that. So the Brandy Chastain, that would have been inappropriate. She flipped the bird. What's right. the, you just yeah. be Aria? What's going on? They got the player of the year. Who cares about her? I've been telling y'all all week. I ain't nobody worried about the player of the year. I love it, man. Don't apologize to nobody. <laughs> But see, this is just like I said last week. We were talking about, you know, the Baylor coach and she should have thrown a, a chair or that wouldn't have been inappropriate, right? So as soon as a woman, you know, shows emotion, it's a thing, right? So she was with her girls in the huddle, you know, trying to, you know, make that moment with her with her team. And, you know, it gets, gets blown out of proportion. Yeah, I, I thought it got blown out of proportion. Other storylines that I thought were great on the women's side, Dawn Staley and Tara Vanderveer. Uh, Don Staley from uh, South Carolina, uh, uh, Coach Vanderbilt from Stanford, faced each other 20, 29 years ago, and uh, that makes me feel old. Because I told you, every time I see Don Staley, it makes me feel so old. I remember her as a player uh, at Virginia, uh, and it was an amazing game. The only bad part about that game is someone had to lose. Uh, South Carolina had so many opportunities to win that game, but the ball just would not go in the basket, so Stanford won by one. Stanford went on to beat Arizona to win a national championship. Also a, a great game. And then uh, the, the game was the same score as when they played each other. Yeah, yeah. Same, and, and Ari McDonald, who, uh, it, it, when you say the same score, you're talking about Stanford and and and, 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 and uh, Don Staley. Yeah. Uh, but but in the Arizona game, Ari McDonald uh, had a great tournament. Great tournament. But in the final game, and she reminded me of Iverson, just so small, going around. She just made every play that she could make. But the last shot, they're down one. She takes uh, a, a heavily contested shot, covered by four people. It was like Stanford, like, you ain't going to beat us. And she was like, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> and it still had a chance to go in. Uh, I talk yeah. about women's basketball all the time because they always get the right shot. I don't know if that was the right shot. She had a great tournament, but to shoot over four people to win the game, it was somebody open at about 12 feet, whoever that is. I mean, math will tell you a couple people was open. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, the one at 12 feet, I'm looking at her like, and she don't like this, like she actually was going to get the ball. Uh, not that. Ari was like, nah, nah, that's not happening here. I'm going to shoot this route. But what a great tournament. The fans made out. We are the real champions because all of us were stuck at home, or at least we should be. Because uh, COVID ain't gone yet, um, mm -hmm. but but uh, I think we were the champions because we got some great quality basketball on both sides, men and women. Uh, what a great year for college basketball! Absolutely, no doubt. Uh, last topic as we get out of sports freestyle. Last topic is this former UCLA player, Jalen Hill, who is probably most infamous for being alongside Jello in China when their fingers got too sticky and their pockets were immediately filled with somebody else's uh, possessions that they hadn't paid for. Uh, he is claiming that he is uh, retiring from basketball. I didn't know he was still playing basketball. And, you know, really a struggle in citing mental health as a reason for departure from basketball. Uh, you know, these stories uh you know jello which is short for leangelo uh is gonna go on and do okay things because the ball family is okay. is, is, is is he's gonna do okay things someone suggested he should be the accountant for his brothers but he's gonna do okay things um 
these stories take such center stage in America. And we forget sometimes that there's a young person at the, the core of the story. And this particular young man, Jalen Hill, seems to have been dealing with mental issues. And, you know, we talked about the NFL story. Uh, I give him props for, you know, admitting that he's been dealing with mental health issues. Uh, and hopefully when he retires from basketball, he can move on to something else. I don't know if you guys wanted to weigh in on it before we got out of the sports freestyle. I just think there's so many stories about, you know, young people in um, sports and, you know, division one level and um, in pro sports that have uh, mental health issues. And this is just another story of, you know, just bring attention to the need for more intervention um, and and to to normalize um, talking about um, mental health. I think it's just important and we need to get involved much younger, you know, at the, you know, Pop Warner stage um, of folks playing football. Um, to really um, have that mental health piece as part of, you know, football camps, you know, and to be able to really identify when something's going wrong. So I applaud him for um, talking about it, for trying to normalize it. Um, and for what he said on his Instagram about, you know, really wanting to, you know, take himself out of um, the game so that his team could go forward and do what they felt that he could do, what, what they could do um, in this in this run for the championship. Um, and that he wants to live his own life and he doesn't want to live the life um, that, you know, folks that, you know, have decided or designed for him. He wants to, you know, figure that out. He's still young. He still has an opportunity to come back to basketball if that's really what he wants to do. So I think him taking the time out right now to figure out his next move is important. And, I, and I'm proud of him for that. Yeah, I think, you know, um, a lot of times on the uh, on the Big Flow show, I try to do interviews with people to talk about the stories and different aspects and avenues that sports brings you. And I think the one thing that people miss is, you know, they look at the glitz and the glamour and people are going to sit back and say, man, this guy had everything. Everyone dreams to do what he's going to do. But it's such a grind and there's a lot of pressure that goes along with it. And, you know, there's no shame, man. Sometimes it's it's, it's you have to admit you got to walk away. You have too many concussions. You got to walk away from the game. Your shoulder keeps getting messed up. You got to walk away from the game. That knee just keeps getting drained. You got to walk away from the game. But if you're waking up every day and you are just mentally just defeated by this sport, and he talks about how happy he is now waking up and not having to play the sport anymore, a lot of people are going to try to call him soft. A lot of old school people are going to call him soft, and they're going to say he's unappreciative and they wish they did it. But when you go through that grind, I think this it's commendable. You know, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Meredith, that you know he he waited till after the tournament. He didn't want to be a distraction during their run. He wanted them to do what he's going to do, and, and he wanted to get away from because he felt like he was a distraction. Now he's happy. He's seeking his happiness. I commend the man for doing it and understanding it before he started destructive behavior, where maybe he ends up like the dude from uh, you know, they just murdered the families. You never know what's going to go on. So I hope I wish the man, the the young man, the best. Um, That's all I got to say. I will just sum it up with this. I I like both points. I'll sum it up with this, Uh, and I'm going to allude to it in my center court that's coming up. Make sure you guys stick with us here. my AAU team, our AAU team, one that I helped coach. Um, we played a team that had the number one ranked 10-year-old in the country. And I and I pause and leave it there, hopefully to give it the significance that it should have. In the basketball world, they're ranking kids even younger. Oh, way younger. So fourth fourth grade kid, number one ranked player, 10-year-old in the country. And in basketball especially, we're seeing that that level of pressure over time, we say pressure bust pipes, that level of pressure ends up busting people too. 
and having a negative impact on their mental health. So um, Jalen Hill, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, while I will always make fun of that story, y'all being in China, hopefully one day you'll laugh at it too. Uh, this is not a laughing matter. And I think in terms of your mental health, and you should be celebrated and applauded for owning up to it, publicizing it, and doing what you need to do to step away and get uh, a hold of your mental health and, and wellness. Uh, I will also say the real story here, I hope that young people are watching, is make a decision, sports related, as a student athlete, that's going to put you in, a, in, a, in an institution, put you in a position that life after whatever sport you play, football, basketball, track, lacrosse, life after that uh, is one filled with opportunity. Make sure that the education component of what you do is just as important as the sport. All right, let's hop in the center court. Uh, that is the end of our sports freestyle where we drop bars. Uh, let's hop in the center court real quick. I'm going to go solo and then bring back the crew. Center court, y'all know what it is. Halftime report is brought to you by Excessive Celebration. Much more than a party. We are an experience on top of your event. All right, let's hop in quickly, y'all. Um, this particular segment is called Live Your Truth. This episode is Live Your Truth. So this particular center court is, yeah, you guessed it, Live Your Truth. Live Your Truth. In the last bar of the first verse of my favorite DMX song, my man X says, that's why you land on your back. Looking at the roof of the church, preacher telling the truth, and it hurts. As he then goes into the course of telling us, how y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here, he may have been foreshadowing to this moment. A moment that has a hashtag, RIP DMX, before the man has even died. DMX has taught all of us several things through his lyrics. But his story over the last few days has taught us that people, society, fans, they sayers, they will bury you before you're even dead. And they move on with their lives. Hence, we all need to live and then live our own truth. What people think about you should be irrelevant. I agree with Kyrie Irving, at least on that one point. Recently, as I stated, our AAU basketball team was performing very well. Nationally recognized tournament playing against a nationally recognized talent. As a coach, I was excited to see our team step up. And I, as a dad, I was in awe to see my son out there playing against his kid and played out of his mind. I would even say got the best of him. Proud of that. Very proud of that. And in the midst of this proud moment, I saw a few text messages from a guy back in New Jersey who wasn't at the tournament and we weren't playing his team. He wanted to know who was on the team that was doing so well. Turns out he wanted to know because either he or someone from his program thought that we were playing with illegal players. Turns out that either he or someone from his program was busy trying to report those players to the tournament. While he was factually wrong about the kids, 
had more issue with how a grown man, most likely over the age of 60 years old, was taking personal interest in something so petty and trying to ruin a moment for 10, 11, 10, 11 year old kids, all of whom he knows. What really ticked me off is, you know, he pulled my son aside and started asking him. And, you know, after he sent me the text, I left him sort of unresponded to because I knew what it was at that point. But the next time he saw my son, a few days later, asked my son, hey, who's on that team? And I let it happen. And he started asking my son certain things. And then, oh, man, that kid can't play on that team. The old me, the one from the locker room, might have put these hands on him. And when I say putting them hands on them, not in no biblical way. But the new me decided to use it as motivation for my team. Yes, I abruptly told him, man, line up anybody, let's play. But from that moment, I used it as motivation for my team. Use it as motivation for my son. I use it as motivation for this show. Live your truth. No matter what that is, because people will bury you while you're still alive. They will throw dirt on your name. They'll piss on your parade. So ignore their feelings. Fight through the obstacles they throw in your way. Don't worry about the hate and the shade. Live your truth because it's your life. So only you get to live it. And that's a word. Thank you all for uh, tuning in to the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. Uh, with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. The Ball Hawk, a.k.a. The Mountain South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Celebration. And as the tag says, a.k.a. Uh, the candidate now as I'm running for public office. Uh, let's hop into the third quarter, y'all. Y'all know what it is, Strictly Business. Ballhawk Sports Talk, where sports, business, and entertainment collide. Let's get some business up in this piece. Uh, first business topic is Brandon Marshall, and who I love his show. I think he is also um, should be celebrated as someone that has spoken out on mental health. Uh, has a great podcast. Uh, it's called Not, not all, all Athlete or something like that something i can't that's great podcast so much i can't remember the name of it but a very good podcast uh on that podcast he has a very loud and wrong moment and when he's talking about nba contracts and big flow you were you, you, as it's going on you're like what is he talking about uh because we do talk during the week too uh yeah. you know i don't know what y'all thought about it man but brandon marshall was loud and wrong and what he was talking about with these NBA contracts, the topic basically was NBA players are better off because they have guaranteed contracts versus NFL players. He was engaging with a few NFL players and uh, their contracts that aren't worth the paper that they're written on. Uh, Brandon, I love you, but you you were wrong on that one, my brother. You happen to be wrong. Uh, what'd you think about Big Flow, Meredith? I, I thought, sorry, Meredith, let me go for it. Uh, I thought it was crazy because it, it just reminds me of like barbershop arguments. We have a friend uh, that we argue with, Emmett Mosley, and he will tell you something with so much confidence that he has no idea if it's true. But he's like, there's only four <laughs> players on the team. They get guaranteed conference. Do your research. You have no idea where you're coming from. You just do that. You pulled it. You never read that anywhere. You pulled it out. But, you know, normally confidence wins arguments in the barbershop, right? You're yep. talking loud and you're saying whatever. And people will back down and be like, all right, he said four. He sounds like he read that, right? <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. Then you do the research. You're like, this dude is crazy. I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I like it. This as my Go grandmother ahead, would say, as my grandmother would say, strong and wrong, yeah. <laughs> right? So he was just out there, just hype about yeah. you know his position, and 
you know, watching it is like, are you serious? Like, I mean, that's the big decision that that's the big difference between NBA players and NFL players is that NFL players do not have those guaranteed contracts like the NBA players do. And uh, so, yeah, he was just, he was just really hype about his position. Brandon Marshall is every bit of six foot five, a strapping physical human being who athletically probably could have played in the NBA. Whoever didn't tell him, because I thought everybody knew that. Whoever failed to tell Brandon Marshall that, that's your fault. We, he could have been an NBA player if he'd have known that that was guaranteed money, man. He didn't know. He didn't know. Uh, I wonder which guy he thought on the court doesn't get guaranteed. The center, the, the, the small forward. What do you thought? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the confidence. To oh, me, man. that just reminds me of so many locker room arguments you have. Yeah, everybody know it. Do your research. Four people, <laughs> only four people guaranteed. Where did you get four? You just threw it out of nowhere. I love it. Yeah, man. Hey, but, but they, I do love their podcast, though. So shout out to them, man. Uh, former NBA player, makes parents uh, current homeowners in full he pays off their mortgage this player nigel hayes who was a journeyman but got a few years played at least six games in nba uh, plays overseas now the moment was captured on video the mom uh, put it out there i thought it was dope moment and you know in terms of of, of, you know business in terms of being able to use your money wisely what better thing to do to uh, be a part of the economic freedom for your parents Shout out to Nigel Hayes. Great job, bro. Uh, love seeing it, man. Uh, my man Zion, who is absolutely on that list of 25, under 25. We get the first look at Zion's Jordan Z code. The Z code. Uh, what did y'all think about the shoe, man? It's a lot of pressure in your first signature shoe. And Jordan is known for both some excellent quality shoes and not so excellent quality shoes. It just depends on what part of the Jordan brand you're in. What y'all think about Jordan Z code Zion Williamson in his signature shoe? Finally, I'll start with you, Meredith. Um, you know, I, I didn't particularly care for the design of the shoe. You know, I'm, I'm happy that he has a signature shoe. I didn't really, you know, care for the design, I think. But, you know, thinking about young people and what they like, they like a lot of colors. They like a lot of flashiness in that regard. So, you know, um, so maybe that's his personality. Maybe, you know, he's yeah. an artistic, creative type. And so, they wanted the shoe to kind of express, you know, a little bit about him that maybe we, you know, is not on the surface that we don't know about him. But um, I'm just happy that he was able to, to, you know, to actually have something like that. So yeah, I'm happy yeah. for him. Big flow. Would you rock the shoe to an event where, you know, fashion folk will be in attendance? Knowing that you're going to be judged from head to toe, would you rock the Z code? I have to start off by saying, I told y'all earlier, I don't know how to do IG live. My hoop game ain't quite what it used to be. <laughs> so I shouldn't be the target market, and they succeeded. Because right. that looked like some Nickelodeon gym shoes to me. I didn't know what was going on. Some colors. That's <laughs> crazy. You know, I got some Jamaican friends that probably would like all the colors because Jamaicans right. want to match everything that they walk by when they go down the street. Shout out to all my brethren from Jamaica. And uh, blah, blah, blah. But, but, but that was terrible. I clicked on it. I was like, I you know what? I feel old. I'll never come back in style. I'll, I just realized I will never come back in style. I told nah, you. You, you, be patient. Be patient. Because even the big Z in the side of his head That's reminds me of that actor from the kid and play movie, the class actor, or whatever. I don't know the actor's name, but uh, he all he 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 does some very interesting things, man. Happy for Zion. I'm not gonna wear the shoe, but nope. love the fact that he has a shoe. 
Uh, Chicago's finest in the collab, man. Derek Rose, who I love to see playing well right now. He's got an upcoming Adidas collaboration with none other, none other than Mr. Jesus Walks himself, Mr. Gold Digger himself, Kanye West. Uh, I love the fact that D Rose and Kanye are coming together for Adidas collab. Adidas seems to have it right, man. I, I just like where they're going, becoming a lifestyle brand. This is another way to do so. Uh, I'll start with you, Big Flo. How could I not? Chicago's finest. I, know. I, I know, alluded Chicago to Derrick Rose. Together. But you are Chicago's finest or Evanston. Evanston's uh, finest. Just yeah. north. Just north of the city. Just north, <laughs> just north of the city. <laughs> what you do you know? think about it's this collab? It's not Chicago. Yeah, I can stop it. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, it's great, man. I mean, to 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 bring the Yeezy brand, like, you know, to, to do the sports mix as opposed to just the fashion shoe and also kind of come back. You know, I love that D. Rose is still, is still hot and still relevant. You know what I mean? Because, obviously – He's gone through some times, tough times, been traded back and forth. So, um, you know, keep it in Chicago and do what's going on. I'm not a big Yeezy fan as a person. I think he's kind of a goofy. But at the end of the day, you know, he's a billionaire. And uh, you got to give him credit for for his business acumen. So I, I like that they're doing it together. Got it. Um, you know, look, man, after his MVP season in 2011, you know, he signed a 14-year deal with Adidas, total 185 million got paid uh includes the use of a private jet 250k salary uh you know to his brother reggie uh you know, payout uh, well, my brother I'm a, my, I'm a i'm a brother reggie my brother ain't never sent me yeah, no yeah. man we talk, we still wait talk. on it man be patient we gotta it's talk coming. joe we gotta talk a <laughs> donation to an organization of his choice adidas was all in at that moment and let's just say his career didn't go as planned. So I love to see that Adidas is staying true to the relationship. Uh, I'll give you final word on it before we get sprinting through the, the third and fourth quarter here, Meredith. What did you think about the collab with Kanye? No, I, I think I think it's beautiful. It's you know they seem like they have a friendship that's you know beyond you know basketball. They're you know both you know from Chicago. So I mean I I like it. I want to see you know D Rose stay healthy and be able to play. So. You know, I'm I'm happy for for both of them. You know, at the end of the day, Ye is a businessman, and so you know, personal relationships aside, he's going to do what's best for his brand. Um, so I'm I'm happy to see him get that that scribble if that's what it is. So go for that money, do what you got to do, and I'm just happy to see D Rose is still in the game. I'm glad, like you said, like Adidas is still um staying true to what they originally promised, and you know, is going with him all the way through his career. So uh, I like it. Not only is he a businessman, he's a business. Man, uh, yes, he is. <laughs> Get him, Kanye. Uh, becoming the richest in hip hop this year. Uh, so go ahead, Kanye. Put a B in front of that name. He's a billionaire, uh, although he's probably got to give up half. Half. I was about to say, Kim's like, oh, I'm going to take my little part. Right, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to be Who over here. I've been waiting on that B. Now I'm out. Um, <laughs> yeah. She seasoned him. Once he got right, she's like, okay, I got my half on my body. She absolutely seasoned him. Uh, another business man that. is my man Shaquille O'Neal, fraternity brother, someone that I, I really have liked uh, in TNT. But I got to be honest, I'm hating on this story because he paid for somebody else's engagement ring. Hey, bruh, I'm still trying to pay for my own engagement ring. I've been married for 15 years. Help me out. Help me help you help me. You know what I mean? So there it is. I'm not too old to be adopted. I'm not too old to accept those type of, of, of favors. So all I'm saying is help a brother out. But how lucky do you have to be? You in the jewelry store, buy your engagement it's ring. Zales. What was, what was he doing at Zales? I mean. Zales I got loose diamonds. 
They do. And and look, Shaq <laughs> is a, a person of the people. Oh, he got his own line. He has his own line of sales. Oh, does he? I was about to say, because yeah, he, he goes often. In the video, the guy says, normally when you come in, I, I just, just got off by 30 minutes, right? So yeah, you know, he, he, has, he has his own line. He has his own line. That makes yeah, sense. He doing his sales stuff. He want, that, <laughs> he want that commission. He want that commission. That's what he was saying. Yeah, like, I'm sure. the commission. I just don't know how he got so lucky, man. That guy got his wedding ring paid for. So shout out to Shaq, man. Dude he, didn't seem, I don't know if you watched the video, dude didn't seem as happy as I would have been. He didn't. That he set didn't. me back. When I bought that my engagement rings. That, hey, huh? that might be more of a reflection on who his fiance is. Maybe he was second guessing it all to begin with. <laughs> you don't know what his relationship is like. I don't know. I just, like, I, I kind of feel like, I actually you know, got he was like, it. He was like, hey, thanks, man. Like a dude let you cut in front of the grocery store. You're like, I appreciate you. <laughs> That's about all he gave him. <laughs> yeah. If you hey, hey, if you really loved your babe though, you said, all right, you know what, Chuck, I'm gonna take the money that you gave me and I'm gonna set at least half the money I put on top and we're gonna upgrade her. Because now right. he on the video, See? now he on the video, like she's like, You ain't putting nothing on this. What's yeah, up? That's what I was saying, but I was gonna be quiet as the woman and say, Let me not, you know, spaz out right, as the woman and say that. But that's what I was thinking. So, that's what yeah. I was thinking. We can't know. By the way, me and me and B both hating. So yeah, we're we coming we from hate. a position of hate. <laughs> we are ain't nobody here nothing. Absolutely. Only because I mean, I don't <laughs> learning the four C's and making all the sacrifices. I eat beanies and weenies and ramen noodles forever to pay for that ring. That's why I'm hating. But as a as woman, well, you should have as well. You should have. I, I did. I did. So I made the sacrifice. <laughs> but as a woman, you 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 find this video posted and you realize that the man who just proposed to you got Richard. it paid for by a superstar. Free. Does it change how you does it change the feeling of the ring and what it means to you? I'm just asking. Listen, if a superstar like that purchased my engagement ring, I would be excited. But then I would want to know from my man, uh, boo, what you about to do now? Because you you didn't have to pay for this ring. So what it we gotta doing? Go somewhere. That money got to go back somewhere. <laughs> so, gotta, yeah. You can't just be come back with a new boat and so an official <laughs> reel. And say, no, we good. We good. I, 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 I'm with you. But it just seems like, I don't know, man. My sister's the same way. They would probably res respond the same way. My three sisters love y'all. What's up, y'all? But they would respond the same way. It just seemed like for men, y'all just, y'all keep moving the field goal post. Because, I mean, you know, Beyonce said, if you, if you love it, put a ring on it. And the man put a ring on it. It just happened to be paid for by somebody else. He put a ring on it. Don't, I mean, come on now. Like, nah. It's mm -mm, a, ring. Mm -mm. It's a ring. Your commitment, your blood, your sweat, your tears, the same way you ate ramen noodles, oh boy, got to do the same thing. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that, actually. The ramen hating, noodles I agree. I'm hating. I yeah, agree. you hate too. I ain't nothing wrong with it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, but Shaq, shout out to you, man. Shaq always does really cool things. Shaq, just let me know where you're going to be, because I can show up at the store and make some purchases. You know what I'm saying? i like a mug. No, dog. I ain't been to Zales in a while. My wife can use some stuff. Straight up. Uh, <laughs> Next next story in the, the Strictly Business, Sacramento Kings offering to pay all employees with Bitcoin. Uh, I just think this is continued transition. Uh, Flo, you've already admitted that you're pretty old and things are kind of out of style for you. I got to guess I got to admit it here, too, because when I hear Bitcoin getting paid in Bitcoin, I'm like, huh? What you mean? How, how, how do you how do you go about doing that? But that's the new thing, man. This cryptocurrency. I thought it was real cool. I don't Do you know get to skate on taxes, like because there's nowhere in the tax code that says Bitcoin. How many bitcoins you got to give back? So if you give me a bitcoin, do I got to what the Uncle Sam get? Because if we own something there, yeah, but <laughs> we might be on something. But you can't be talking about that publicly because now, not now, Uncle Sam won't play it back. They listen. You I didn't know what type of viewership we had. My bad. Right. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> you know somebody out there is a tax person. But uh, the, we 
We're going to pretend like we didn't just talk about that. I don't know what Uncle Sam get, but would you want to get paid in Bitcoin? Meredith, you're getting a big check, and your employer says, uh, you know, once we once we made it, let's say Ball Hawk Sports Talk can give you a big old check. We tell you we're going to pay you in Bitcoin. What say you? Well, I mean, you know, here's the thing. So what he actually said was they could get some of their check as much as they like know, in bitcoins right so yeah. you know i mean it might be an investment opportunity you might you know see, take, take a little bit of your percentage of your check and see how it grows i mean you know the mayor in miami is all about bitcoin right so yeah. he yeah. made it actual you know currency there is um bringing all of the tech uh companies to miami you know he said you could pay your taxes the mayor did say you could pay your taxes in bitcoin so he, that's what he said so you know, I, I think it's it's a, the wave of the future, right? Like, you know, it like uh, um, the honeymooners is the wave of the future. So um, I think we got to, even though we're old and that's not our thing, we need to pay attention and find out, you know, if this is something that we should really be, you know, involved in and see what where it can go from here. Nah, I'm with it. And this week's version of I'm a winner, even if I haven't won a championship, Damian Lillard fires back. On social media and tell somebody, even if I never win a championship, I'm going to touch 400 million before I'm 35. I'll be living the greatest life with my family, whether I touch a championship or not. Dame time is money time. What y'all think? I got to start with you on this one. Because with that kind of money, 400 million before he touched 35, he could buy you a real nice ring, Miss Meredith. A real nice one of them thick ones, them big ones, them bling bling, all the C's. All, cut, clarity, carrot, and color. All of them. Got them. All got of them. them. All, all of them. All of them. All of them. Uh, what do I, you think about Dame? Does this undermine him as a player that he has disassociated himself with championships defining him because he's touching that bread? I don't think it's disassociated himself from championship. I think he's really just making the case that he's a great ball player and, you know, and he's going to go out and play his very best, but that doesn't define him. And I think that that's important. Just like Stephen A. Smith was cracking on um, the other player last week about, you know, him never being winning a championship. Right. So yeah. I think it speaks to really the, the influx of people talking about mental health and about what defines them as ball players. And I think, you know, focusing simply on the championship to define you as a person and to define you as a ball player, um, I think is, you know, is, is a is a kind of old school thinking. I think every any ball player that's on any basketball court, especially in the NBA, wants to win a championship. Right. That's what you're there for. You're there so that you can bring your team a championship while else play the game. However, as far as it defining you as a man, that's a different category. It's a different conversation. And I think. Ball players are, are making a distinction about what makes them a man or not. Big Flo, what do you say, man, before we I hop believe, into traffic court? I believe it's kind of whack. I think that, like, if somebody's telling you, hey, you're not a champion, you're not doing this or whatever, and you start talking about your bank account, how much you're going to make by 35, blah, blah, blah. man, that, that, you ain't spoke to you. You're you, you missing the point. We know you're rich. Okay, you got to be a rich rapper too, but you you ain't win no damn championship. So address the facts. That's the question. If I say that hat ugly, you tell me it cost three hundred fifty dollars. I don't give a damn. It's ugly, <laughs> right? So if somebody's attacking you for being a champion, then you should both in the sport you play. Everybody in the NBA is rich. We find out contrary to Brandon Marshall thinks that everybody got guaranteed contracts. They all got good bread. Nobody want to hear all that about you, rich. So what? Go win a championship. Be a oh, you, you sound like old cranky man today, man. Because that's what all <laughs> the rappers talk about. Dame is also a rapper. They talk about their money, man. He said, I'm going to touch 400 million. I had to look up what that meant. I'm going to touch 400 million. You just going to touch it? But that's like, that's what he's going to do. I'm going to touch 400 million. Anyway, 
Uh, all right, man, let's hop into the fourth quarter, traffic court. You know how it is in the traffic court. I get to be the judge, and uh, we are going to hear from our two esteemed uh, counsel people. Uh, let's call them the jury. Let's call them the, the prosecutor, defense. It don't matter. We just finna get into some arguing about some topics, and I get to rule on it at the very end, and this is what we call the fourth quarter in our traffic court. First case in traffic court is the NFL is looking to relax the rules on the the number designations, um, you know, back in my day, at the risk of sounding old, receivers had to be uh, over 80. They relaxed it a little bit, and now you have receivers in the teens. The only way you wore a teen, because I wore 18 in Green Bay. You uh, ain't play much. You ain't play much. If you was 53 and a half, which is what I was, struggling <laughs> to get a roster spot, baby. That's the only <laughs> way. Now you have some of the superstars, megastar receivers in the teens, so they relaxed it a little bit. Now they're going to relax it all the way. Uh, and there's been some memes of showing some of these receivers wearing a number two. Um, in this particular case, make me believe, is it reasonable or excessive that the NFL is doing this? And, you you know, uh, what what say you? I'll start with you, Big Flo. Reasonable or excessive that they're relaxing? I, I, I think it's absolutely reasonable. I, I wouldn't even be mad if they start doing double numbers like college does. I mean, if you think about how trying to make numbers more marketable and all the different things, single digits – are real cool when they 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 they're they're popular and you know no one's gonna play offense and defense. I'm cool that they have two on the same team, just like in college, just because you're just trying to go for a look at a number. I understand the number of restrictions for the offensive lineman because there's different rules and you want to make sure if you see a guy with a 70 number downfield that you know just by the number that he's a legal man downfield. But besides that, I don't understand in any way, shape or form why a quarterback or running back, I mean a quarterback can run out there and, and catch a pass. Does he is he now ineligible as a receiver? No, nah, it's silly. So I, I think relax, relax the numbers, increase marketability, sell more jerseys. Let's go. Check. I have to agree with Flo. I have to agree with Flo. Same thing. You know, th there's no reason to, to, to keep it that way. Let's make it marketable. Let's let the gentleman make the money. Let's do it. I, I think it's reasonable. Uh, in the case of NFL relaxing these uh, numbers, uh, you guys both make very great arguments, but I got to disagree. I'm going to say it's excessive, and I'm going to tell you why. When I was a child, I spake as a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things away. I know we all want single digits in Pop Warner and in high school and in college. But at some point, and I think the NFL should be that point, the numbers just got to be restricted because those are the rules. Get over it. You can't have it your way. I know you're going to touch 400 million before you turn 35. You, know, you, you can't have everything your way. Excessive. You can't dance with the script. Play poker with the script in the background. <laughs> they, want, they want everything. They gonna customize everything. Now they gonna get the numbers they want. I'm just sick. We get paid in Bitcoin. Generation and all of change, <laughs> too much changes. I can't even <laughs> pronounce Bitcoin. I'm sick of y'all. All right, uh, Tyreek Hill uh, has been accused of being a cheap tipper. And <laughs> I mean, this 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 poor server put him on blast. Uh, and I say poor, not financially, but this person felt as though uh, she wanted to put him on blast, and so it has now become a story. So is it reasonable or excessive that Tyreek Hill, a, a phenomenal NFL wide receiver, uh, is it reasonable or excessive to expect Tyreek Hill to be a generous tipper? I'll start with you on Mer with you on this one, Meredith. First of all, why are you trying to blame your girl? <laughs> right? Say, oh, my girl is the one who takes care of this, right? So he he you, put the, you put the heat on her. So first off, nah, I don't like it for that reason. Secondarily, you know, you have money. These people work for tips. They have a little small salary that they get that's, you know, from their, you know, from their establishment. But they basically make their money off tips. 
So even if you get, you know, less than stellar service, still leave something because this is how people have to make make a living. So I, I, I didn't like it. You didn't like it. All right. So I'm going to you, Big Flo. Is it reasonable or excessive to think that uh, to expect Tyreek Hill to tip generously? It's excessive. I mean, if, 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 to, to Meredith's point, you know, this is how they eat. If he doesn't play football well, they're going to cut him. They're going to take his money away and do whatever. If I'm at a restaurant just because I'm rich, if you provide me with poor service, then you're going to do it. Most people I know who are servers, if somebody's a bad tip or whatever, they still have the the, the class and the tact to just keep it to themselves. So you've got to question the ethics of this person. I don't know if it was a woman or, or, or a male server that decided to go out on somebody. So maybe they went in there and they felt entitled. And they felt like because you're a rich person, I should just get some money from you. and You didn't pay me your check. And, and maybe they're going to claim to be massage therapist or something and try to <laughs> I, I digress. But I'm just saying. No, it's, it's excessive. It's absolutely excessive. If you give me bad service, why should I give you any money? You didn't do your job. In the case of Tyree Hill holding on tight to his little wallet, uh, I hate to do this because I, I, I really love disagreeing with you, but I'm going to agree with you on this one, Big Flo. And I'm going to do so because back in 19, I don't remember what year, 19, about 1989. 29. <laughs> about 1989. Again, at the risk of sounding real. Oh, we went to New York City. And my brother was playing for Columbia University. Shout out to Columbia. Uh, they were terrible, but we we supported them anyway. And we were at the game. We went to a place and we ate, and this lady gave us horrible service. And she tried to read my mom the riot act about how she depends on tips. And my mother, who, if anybody remembers my mother, God rest her soul, Betty Brown, love her to death, she could curse you out with, with without ever using profanity, without ever raising her voice. And she told this lady, basically, my tip is based on your service. And if Mm -hmm. you're depending on this to live, then you better provide better service. And so I don't know, you know, I don't know just how good the service was. Tyreek Hill, that was cowardly to put your your, your girl up under the bus, throw your girl under the bus like that. But I'm with you, man. You ain't got to tip well just because you make a lot of money. You tip well because you get good service. All right, next case, Antonio Brown is a fan of Antonio Brown, uh, and we've known that, uh, but he has proven it again. Antonio Brown comments on the Buccaneers IG post, and his comment is, sign A-B. Is it reasonable <laughs> or excessive for Antonio Brown to act on his own behalf and in the comment section uh, advocate for A-B and say sign A-B? Reasonable or excessive? I'll start with you, Meredith. It's excessive. Sit down somewhere. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't look good. I, I, it's, don't I, good it's not even more for me to say. It's just excessive. It's excessive. What do you say? Uh, I mean, it's absolutely reasonable. If you can't vote for yourself, who, how can I get you to vote for me if I don't vote for me? Huh? <laughs> if I'm in the poll booth and I vote for somebody else, if I say, look, you got to get 10,000 comments or whatever, life, start, he tried to start a movement, <laughs> right? Sign AB. Let me be the one to say, sign AB. He wants to be here. He wants to be here. Other, other places he wants to get traded. I want to be here. Sign me. I scored in the Super Bowl. Give me a contract. Give me the contract. Sign me. Sign AB. In the case of Antonio Brown, normally I would accuse myself because this is my cousin. Probably not. But I'm just saying that in case you feel generous. In case you AB. feel generous. <laughs> in case we end up at Zales in the same line. <laughs> my last right. name Brown, too. I seven. I seven. Uh, but I'm not recusing myself on this one. In the case of Antonio Brown, I got to side with you on this one, Meredith. It's excessive. Uh, and because if you're going, if you're going to do that, if you're going to uh, uh, put a comment on that post, at least say sign me. 
Don't talk about yourself in the third person. Sign AB like it's some abstract Sign. person. Sign it. Not, he don't even say his whole name. He refers to his nickname. Sign AB. It's excessive, man. Come on. That's not how we handle business, cuz. I see you at the family review. Uh, make, sure, <laughs> make sure you're in the big bucks. Right, in the next case, Sam Darnold celebrates the trade. This man threw a party. I know everybody <laughs> likes to get out of New York when you play for the Jets. I understand. Hey. But okay, I know. Sorry, sorry. All right. Low, low <laughs> blow. Low blow. All right. Uh, but Sam Darnold, but you a Giants fan, not a Jets fan, right? I'm a, I'm a New York fan. So there's uh, that. I'm from New uh, York. Only New York, PK, y'all. Do that. All day. Like, I, I, you know, it is what it is. I'm a Miami Heat fan. I ain't cheering for the Magic. Y'all do that in New York. Well, anything with the word New York on it, y'all love it. I get it. But the Sam Donald doesn't. He threw a party for being traded out of New York to the Carolina Panthers for a six-round draft pick in 2021 and a second and a fourth in 2022. Most people be upset by that, but not Sam Donald. He partied. Is it reasonable or excessive that Sam Donald threw a party because of his trade? I'll start with, uh, I'll start with you on this one, Big Flo. Man, to get out of the Jets, boy, he had to come out of there like these, boy. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I had my life blue for him. He was popping that collar. He was like, I'm up out of here, baby. I'm out of Carolina, man. We're going to chill and kick it. Hell yeah, that shit, that was, that was great. Get the hell up out of the Jets. Nobody wants to play for the Jets. Let somebody else be the next bum that they hire for the Jets. He got a chance to get to Carolina while he still got some good years underneath himself to change himself. I'd have been at that bug popping collars too, baby. Let's go. You think it's reasonable. reasonable. I, I, Meredith, reasonable or excessive that he threw a party? You know, unfortunately, I have to agree with Flo on this one. You know, he, <laughs> he stuck out there, you know, it, at the Jets. It's time to go. You know, my family knows I'm about to go to Carolina. Yeah, store a party with balloons, everything, everything. <laughs> I'm out. It's reasonable. Was, in the case, you say reasonable. In the case of... Sam Darnold, I know you both say it's reasonable. I got to say it's excessive. And I'll tell you why. Because if anybody should have been partying, it should have been the Jets fan. You garbage, you hot garbage <laughs> excuse for a quarterback. You got the nerve to celebrate when somebody <laughs> trades your pathetic butt for two bus passes and a bag of Twizzlers. That's not anything worth celebrating, man. Have some pride, man. I'm so sick of them doggone USC quarterbacks about coming to the NFL, stinking up the place. It's excessive, you bum. I mean, you player. Sorry. How, you, how do you feel about Sam Dunn? Man, God. Tell us how you really garbage. feel. Hot garbage. I ain't talking about just regular hot garbage. I'm talking about hot some garbage in, in the summer with some, yeah, some, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hot garbage that you know the raccoons coming to get. You can't, you, you just trash. You stink. And you're going to run. Tell them why you mad, son. Tell them why you mad. Tell them why you mad. All right, y'all. All right, we're down to the last two. We're going to go through these real quick, man. Uh, the first one is this. Uh, Kyrie has expressed issue with the condensed schedule, uh, which I thought was interesting because Kyrie seems to be taking off every other day. Uh, but he voices concern a lack of time to prepare for games due to short NBA season. Uh, you know, he's taking, at this point, and counting two leaves of absences, but yet he's complaining about it and calls out the NBA for the shortened schedule. Uh, I think I'll start with – who did I start with last time? I'll start with you on this, Meredith. Reasonable or excessive that Kyrie is complaining about the condensed season? I think it's excessive, right? It's like you know what you got – you know what you, you, you're here for. You know what you're playing for. You know what the rules are. You know, what it, you, know, you know what's going on. So, like, just get with the program and do your job. Do your job. 
Guaranteed especially when money. You're, especially when you're out every other day. Only four people got guaranteed money got. on that team. He must not be one of the four. <laughs> he must not be one of those. According to Brandon Marshall. Kyrie he's the one. He's a, yeah, he's in the 2%. <laughs> he's at 2%. Uh, so you say it's excessive. What do you say, Big Flo? You know, when I first heard it, I was thinking excessive because Kyrie complains a lot. But when I read into the story, I changed my mind to reasonable because what he's saying is he typically gets to the gym three and a half hours before a game to get ready for an NBA game. And now he only he gets locked out till two and a half hours before a game. So what he's telling you is he wants to prepare to put on a good product. He wants to put in more work than he's allowed to put in. And now they're stopping him from putting in more work, which is throwing off his timing. And we all know that we have our little pregame stuff. I know LeBron James puts in a full workout before a game. So I actually thought it was reasonable. I, you know, I, I went in there. He changed my mind when I read it. It sounds like he, he wants to play better and do better. And you're locking them out. I guess they're just with the minimized schedule. They're, I don't know if it's COVID restrictions or whatever. You can only get in before the game. He wants to work in more. I think that's super reasonable. In the case of Kyrie Irving complaining about the NBA condensed schedule, I have to go with uh, Meredith on this one. And I'm going to say it's excessive. Not because of the very powerful and persuasive reason that she gave. I've got to say it's excessive because I've already agreed with Kyrie once a day in center court. And I cannot agree with Kyrie more than once a day because then people are going <laughs> to think that I think that the world is flat. So uh, I'm going to say excessive for personal selfish reasons, uh, but he's got a good point there. Uh, last topic in traffic court. Dolan has divulged that he offered to retire Oakley's jersey to make amends for what I would say was a bad scene in MSG. Uh, Oakley politely uh, and probably not politely um, was shocked by the offer. Uh, and I think that he said no, declined. He declined it. He declined it. So I'll go with this. Is it reasonable or excessive that the offer was made and then reasonable or excessive that it was declined? I'll start with you on this one, Big Flow. First of all, I'm going to say that the offer being declined was absolutely reasonable, right? As a, as an athlete, you should be ashamed and embarrassed that the reason why you have something as a rafters is an apology. You know what I mean? It's like cheating on your girl and proposing to her to get her to say you sorry. Like, that's why you want to marry me? So I say you sorry. But and I, get and the I ring paid for from Zales by Shaq. From Zales by Shaq. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tie this whole thing together. Everything gets tied upgrade together. Me. No. upgrade me. But I think it's so excessive to offer him for that. Like, hey, man, listen, man. Hey, how about this, man? We know you guys like, we know you people. You, you like to you like your stuff in the in the, in the rafters. And then, and we'll tell the staff who you are. And they're not going to treat you like they did Patrick Ewan. We're going to have them treat you better than that. We'll put you in the rafters. You, it'll be fine. Everything should be good. Like, come on, man. Actions, treat this man right. Have a good conversation. Apologize and do whatever. If you really feel like you you, you want to put this man in the – I mean, he really doesn't deserve his, his jersey retired. Let's be honest. He's a good basketball player, but he doesn't deserve it. If you decide you want to do it as, as a gesture in a year from now or something after you've kind of come back together, that's one thing. But that that's your apology. I'll put you in the rafters. That'll shut you up. That's terrible. Yeah. What do you say, uh, Miss Meredith, Is it, uh, on, on two accounts, reasonable or excessive – that the offer was made reasonable or excessive that Oakley said hail to the no no <laughs> first of all you know I have to disagree with you Flo I mean you know he was a he's a good basketball player he came up in a time and played in a time that was part of Nick's history that was just phenomenal we loved it Nick's, in New York Nick's so had a him, phenomenal history 
Oh, sorry. I'm no, sorry. I'm saying. Sorry. No, I'm. No, I'm saying. Stop it. I'm you saying that at the at the time when he was playing, like Oakley, all they of those won't. guys made New York City what it was, made the Knicks yeah. what it was, right? So the whole situation that happened in the in the stadium in the first place was egregious, right? So that's terrible. Um, so I think it was excessive for the um for Dolan to try to you know to make nice with him with um, having his jersey retired. And I think it was reasonable for him to say, no, I want my jersey retired because I was a hell of a basketball player. I meant a lot to the city. I meant a lot to the Knicks. And you're going to give me my just desserts the way it should be, not because you're trying to make nice with me because you know that you messed up in the way that you handled me uh, when I was um, in on, in the stadium. So I think it's excessive what they did, and I think it was reasonable, his response. Uh in the case of Charles Oakley and Mr. Dolan, I got to agree with both of y'all. I think it was absolutely excessive to offer that as a an olive branch of sort. Uh, and I think it was reasonable for uh, Oakley to say, hail to the gnaw gnaw. Um, because you just ain't going to make this go away right. on your terms. All too often, right. I think athletes accept what is given to them as opposed to demanding more. And Charles Oakley, whether you like it or not, uh, based on his comments to Patrick Ewing, like, why are you surprised? You saw how they treated me. Is a person I think is very principled, maybe a bit stubborn and headstrong in his ways, but at least principled. And so I'm happy to see he took that offer and uh, and, and, and and did what Adia Barnes did, put two middle fingers up to it. Like, nah, we good. We, we, we don't want that. We don't want that. So shout out to uh, Charles Oakley. I'm a Miami Heat fan, so I love the fact that the MSG saga is is all Continuous. in disarray and Dolan keeps <laughs> messing up the franchise. You're right. They did have a run way back when Charles Oakley and, and Patrick Ewing were balling. Um, but like they said on Color Purple, till you do right by me, you know what I'm saying? Ain't got nothing good going to happen to you. Uh, so... That is the fourth quarter. That is traffic court. Thank you for my two esteemed colleagues and counselors on uh, helping me get through that. Thank y'all for your contributions this week. It is the Live Your Truth episode. We're gonna see y'all next week. Uh, I will say this before we go. I know that our Meredith, our our, our Miss Meredith Benson contributor, uh, has is dealing with a. Uh, family situation had a death in the family so we want to send our love thoughts and prayers to your family we appreciate you despite that um you know jordan had his flu game uh meredith was on her game despite the death in her family so we wish your family nothing but the best and our condolences to you and your family uh this has been the live your truth episode of the ball hawk sports talk we went a little bit long but we stayed strong uh because that's how we do when sports business and entertainment collide this has been the ball hawk sports talk we appreciate you guys uh, we appreciate the the live listeners. Like we ask you every week, please like, please comment, please share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know. If you're listening to us in the podcast space, please subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Uh, live your truth, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure that you enjoy the weekend. People's opinion of you ain't going to do nothing for you. Or as they used to say down south, what you eat ain't going to make me poop. All right. So live your truth. Um we send our prayers to DMX. I don't know that's such a fluid situation. We hope that he remains alive. Uh, that, that story has changed uh, over the last few days. We send our prayers to him and his family, um, and I will leave it there. That is the Ball Hawks. We'll start with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hawk, a.k.a. the Miles of South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Celebration. We'll catch y'all next week at the Ball Hawks Sports Talk. We 
is out. Peace.